subscribe to our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Do not settle. Demand. Demand. Sportsnet 590 The Fan on demand. More, more of Good Show with Ennis and Bunkus on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Hour presented by Drive Auto Group, fueled by customer expectations. Van Annis, JD Bunk is again another set of Leafs tickets to give away. Not now, but yeah, sometime between now and 3:52, giving away a couple more tickets to see the Leafs and Philadelphia Flyers Friday, March 15th, which is different, I guess, than the Blackhawks tickets we gave away earlier. Anyways, so Frederick Anderson. Played 49 games this season. Played 66 last year. Okay. I'm going to hear you out on this. Okay. Played 66 last year. Faded a little bit down the stretch. Um, but yeah, he was, a, he was a good regular season goalie. He wasn't solely responsible for that Game 7 loss against the Boston Bruins, but there's no argument you can make that he was great. Overall save percentage of 896. And in those first two games... He allowed eight goals. He was yanked in game two, right? So he didn't even get through four complete periods, but he allowed eight goals. Okay. So we don't know anything, right? Like, there's no way to know, but we can just take the evidence we have and apply it to current situations. Played 66 games last year. Mm-hmm. Was he worn out headed into that seven-game series against the Boston Bruins? Who knows? Did it play a part in his poor performance over that seven-game series? Maybe. You're trailing the Boston Bruins... Now by what, four points with 15 games to go in the regular season, which isn't insurmountable, but it's an uphill climb. You're definitely up against it. Four points, yeah. 87 points, 91 for the Bruins with 15 games to go during the regular season. Mm -hmm. Can you do it? Maybe. Bruins have an easy schedule, so do you. Mm -hmm. We've already heard now on record Mike Mike Babcock saying that the ideal number of games Freddie Anderson would play is 56. That means he's playing fewer than half of the remaining games, seven of the 15. Let's see it. Maybe not only seven, but there's only three sets of back-to-backs. I need to see more Garrett Sparks in my life going down the stretch here. Your rebuttal. So I understand, especially in the era of rest and recovery and learning more about sports science and not wearing down over the course of a regular season, especially for star athletes where you're coming from in this line of thinking. It just, to me, this is, this doesn't really make too much sense when you're looking at this through the lens of potential damage or potential impact from a negative standpoint on Frederick Anderson for him to be playing only 56 games or to have that much more of Garrett Sparks. Because I'll say this, so number one, they're they're already going they're already dialing back on his games. Garrett Sparks has started 14 times this season already. If he plays every single back-to-back, which is three more from here on out, mm-hmm. that means that you'll have decreased Freddie Anderson's games by 5. Mm-hmm. Which is significant, right? Like you're talking about basically 10% of his total starts. And he was injured this year. He had, he had a groin injury yep. around Christmas. He did. So part of it is that he he wasn't rested in the way that you would have wanted him to. Yeah. That maybe the deployment would have been a little bit more, but Ultimately, he's going to play, at the very minimum, five fewer games this season than he did the year before. This is why I don't 
really care for the idea that he uh, needs to be rested. One is that there's no real risk of re-injury that, that is off the charts. So there's no real precedent for this. Like, Marc-Andre Fleury has already played 57 games this year. Yeah. Like, he's already at that number, and he made a Stanley Cup run last year, and he was spectacular. And I highly doubt that, you know, if you're looking at this, that people will be saying right now that they need to be resting Marc-Andre Fleury to avoid injury or to avoid him wearing out. And that the other part of this, did Freddie Anderson have some poor performances against the Boston Bruins? Of course, absolutely he did. There's, there's no denying it. He let in some softies that he would love to have back. That being said, in the three wins that the Leafs had in that, oh, that series, well, he had a save percentage of 950. He stopped 120 of 126 shots. And what we know about goaltending in small sample sizes is that it has the highest degree of variance. So a guy letting in, you know, one or two softies in a game completely changes the discussion that we're having about that person. So when I look at it from a historical perspective, in terms of guys like Braden Holpe, uh, he's played one fewer game this season. Connor Hellebuck, last year, played 67 games. He went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Again, Marc-Andre Fleury's already at, or sorry, Eastern Conference, or Western Conference Western. Finals. Marc-Andre Fleury's already played 57 games this year, and he's five years older, and last year he's coming off of a cup run where he played even more games than Freddie Anderson. We know Freddie likes to play a lot. There is definitely some need for a strong-willed coach, and I, and I only believe this now because of, again, a conversation we had with Eddie Belfour, because he was someone who liked to play a lot and said, Every once in a while, you need to be saved from yourself. You need a coach to make sure that you don't completely burn out. But this, to me, is not a situation that they, they need to be resting him extra than they would already be doing because, one, I want him to be feeling as comfortable mentally and as comfortable from a rhythm standpoint as possible. I think that's more important than whatever one or two games extra rest will do for him. Two, there's no real historical precedent for a goaltender wearing down because of this degree of games. And three is that even if you do look at last year, I think that the argument that he somehow wore down or his play was impeded by the amount of games he played isn't really backed up by any proof. You have some evidence, but it can be contradicted immediately. And so I just don't have enough. I just don't have enough there to really make the case for it. Didn't work. I'm open to trying something new. This is trying something new, though. You already are. Mm -hmm. All right, 307. And it did work in three wins. Like, it came down to a coin toss game, and mm. he performed poorly in that. So did Jake So you're going to put one game of sample size Why of a goaltender's poor performance onto him playing too many games. Well, there's games. obviously some science behind this. If Mike Babcock is quoting the 56-game mark, let's see it. All right, we'll see. Uh, 308 Sports Center 590, The Fan. It's Good Show's Leafs Hour presented by Drive Auto Group, fueled by customer expectations. Doug McLean waiting patiently on the line, joins us uh, right now. Hello, Doug. I enjoy being off the air, listening to you, getting these lessons, and I do being on the air with you. But anyway, that's fine. Right. I so should get a, I should get a radio so I can hear you once in a while. I actually. Uh... <laughs> All right. No, I either need a radio or a car. Yeah, or the say. internet. Yeah, you're, you, got the, yeah you got a phone. Yeah, you got a phone. The internet. Oh, Sports yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I forgot about that. Yeah, that's the, right. I could do that. Yeah, I got yeah. my alarm set for work. That's why I uh, anyway I woke up from my nap to do this because I got to work till midnight tonight. But anyway, listen, that's not us. It's our producer. Me on, guys, I appreciate it. But it's the producer who did that to you. We're just we're just bystanders, just you like don't you. Even know, you guys don't even know who's coming on with you. I know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I know. You're a big show. Oh, it's called the Big Show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, that was that was Gord Stellick's old show. It was yeah. called the Big Show. Hey, uh, speaking uh, of okay. alarms, we had an alarm discussion. Are you a, do you do you hit, I don't understand the snooze button at all. Because I set my alarm for the latest possible moment, and I would I, if I hit the snooze, I'm screwed. Are you a snooze guy? Well, 
Well, it just goes on automatically. I don't understand how it works. I just oh. I hit the alarm and then I hit the snooze ten minutes later when I get out of the shower. Wait, so, you have sorry. a physical alarm clock? You don't? Do you or do you oh. use your phone? Okay. Phone. Yeah, yeah. Totally the phone. I was gonna say yeah. the poor alarm clock industry, right? Things were going so yeah, well. All those guys <laughs> down at the alarm shock factory. They're like, <laughs> Never, time, time is going to be here forever. What we're going to go into business uh, someday? I used, I used to, I used to break the alarms because you punched the top of them. Oh, they didn't, they didn't last very long. You know what? Here's the thing: if you've ever wanted to do that, if you were listening to Doug McLean there, like I was, and thinking, you know, I always did want to break the alarm clock. It seemed like a a really fun thing to do. Now, alarm clocks are probably so cheap, you could just do that every single day, <laughs> right. not even put a dent in the wallet, especially if you're Doug McLean rich. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. As, you get close to re- as you get close to retirement, you find out how poor you really are. Mm. You know? Yeah, no. No, yeah, I, I think fine. I'm pretty yeah, sure We're going to start a GoFundMe for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Oh, Mac. Oh, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> How's he going to make it out there? With that, how many homes do you own? Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, all right. So uh, how many games do you think uh, Freddie Anderson sh- uh, should start of the final 15 here? He's already started 49. Oh, I don't know. I saw Power uh, guy in Montreal, Carey Price, is pretty good. I see he's going to play the next 15 for Montreal. Mm-hmm. Higher so they stakes can make for them. Sure they get in. You know what? I tell you what. Uh, I'm I'm not worried about the 56 games for Freddie as much as I'm worried about finishing in second place in the uh, in the division. So I would monitor it really closely, but I would try to play Freddie as many times as I can to give me a chance to finish in second place so I've got home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, so I... the sports and science department of the Leafs, so, you know, they're. They're the ones that predicted that uh, Nylander needed 12 games where he'd hit his, uh, you know, where it would take him to get to his, you know, regular scoring pace. So they're on top of things like that. So, I, you know, I think they'll advise the coach and everybody. But if I'm if I'm Babcock, I'd listen to them a little bit, but I'd also try to figure out how many games I need to play so I have a chance to finish ahead of the Bruins. So speaking of regular season impacts on things. So that means he's got to play how many games are left? 15. 15 games. Yeah, he should play 15 then. Yeah. Uh, well, there's three back-to-backs. So yeah. We know. So he'll probably well, miss no. a couple. He'll only play two of the three, yeah. or one of maybe one of the three. But you know, I mean, look, that's critical. Yeah. Finishing out of the Bruins, and that's not easy. But although the Bruins have gone 18 now without with getting points, they're due for a little downtime. Although Pasternak's coming back and DeBrusque is coming back, but they're due for a little downturn. So maybe you know, it's it's still going to come down. It's going to be a great race between these two teams right to the end for second place. I, and I know what's a three or four points difference today, but I still think it's going to be a great race to the end. Yeah, and as of right now, Leafs have tiebreaker in row. So yeah, uh, you, yeah. You're, you're, you are only four points back of being ahead of them. So, yeah, and basically. I'm telling you something, like it went seven games last year. Um, it's, it, it's going to be a heck of a series, and home ice could be – very, very advantageous. So that's what I'm playing Freddie off of. I'm not worried about anything else. So this this is the Leafs hour, but basically this can also be tied to the Bruins hour because we're doing essentially a month of preview of the series. I wonder from, do you think there's any, everyone's looked at this Bruins run as incredible and they should be lauded for it. There's really no negative uh, to racking up wins and almost securing or making a run at securing home ice advantage in the first round. But do you believe in the idea that a team can peak too early or that when you go through a stretch like this, 
it can have a negative impact on you when it's done? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's a negative impact. There, you know, they've got records that you know they've gone 23 games or something without a loss. So I mean, there. I, I don't think the Bruins are worried about a record. They were excited last night with the win because of the way it happened more than they are the record for me. I, I think they're totally focused on the Leafs and Tampa Bay. That's where I think their focus really is right now. And, uh, you know, they've done this without Pasternak. So a good part of it. He'll be back. The Bruce didn't play last night. I, I, I don't think that the run is anything that important to the Bruins. It's all – I talked to a Bruins scout this morning. Their focus is on the Leafs and Tampa Bay. They think they can cause both teams fits in the playoffs. They don't know if they're going to beat them. They know they've got to, you know, they've got to have to play real well to beat the Leafs. They're going to have to play unbelievably well to beat Tampa. But they think they're a better position this year than they were last year for both these tasks or whoever else in the East challenges them. What do you think it is about Boston that has allowed them to suffer injuries to guys like Pasternak and McAvoy and Chara and Bergeron? where it really doesn't seem as though they miss a beat, despite those guys being extremely talented and important to what they do? You know, I think it all starts and ends with Bergeron. I think he's the guy. I watched him when they won the game last night, and, you know, he and Sarah are on the ice, and it's like a huge celebration when they leave the ice, and everybody that leaves the ice goes through Bergeron and Chara, and they're they're the leaders, and then you throw in Marchand, who to me has been... whether people want to hear it or not, it's been another MVP season for this guy. This this guy, if I I did a thing last night. In the last three years, I think he's fifth in the league in scoring in the last three years. Like I mean, seriously, boys, this guy, this guy has been unbelievable. And you watch him every night. And I watch the Bruins a lot. He plays damn good, so hard, so skilled. So you know what. I think the leadership Bacchus, who's had trouble getting a regular shift, is you know goes to the coach. What can I do to be an important guy in this team? This was a week ago. What can I do to be an important guy in this team? So what's he do last night? He makes an unbelievable pass to Krejci for a tapping goal, and then he's he's a horse in front of the net uh, on a great screen so they can score a big goal at the end of the game to win. So guys are doing whatever it takes to win on the Bruins. They're 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 an interesting group. Are they overly skilled? Yeah, they're really skilled, but they're not overly skilled. But they got a, a great complement of guys. But you get to the playoffs, it's a whole different ball game. And I, I still maintain the Leafs Bruins is going to be a, a great, great series. I don't know who's going to win, but it's going to be a great series. And the Leafs will surprise because they'll play a grittier game than they play in the regular season. They'll they'll pay a price. And it's going to be a heck of a series. Yeah, some guys. Yeah, I mean, I could see that the level going up, especially for for well, my fans. if they don't, if they don't, then then here here's what happens. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, Ben. No, no, go ahead. Here here's what's going to happen. If this is an amazing evaluation for the Leafs this playoff round, because if guys don't pay the price at playoff time, then Kyle Dubas and Babcock are going to have some major decisions to make to move guys on. Because this playoff test against the Bruins is going to be the test of all tests for a lot of guys, including some of their top-end guys. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, some guys are, aren't moving. But, yeah, you, you, you need absolutely a little more grit out of Matthews. And I think Tavares, I think that's a guy we can easily see being a little tougher come uh, the sure. postseason. 
Yeah, and he will be. Yeah, he, he will be. But but you know, there's a, the you know the Kapanens and the Nylanders and the Janssens and all the you know the 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 guys in the back end. This is a big test for them. It really is, and it's also a big test for Freddie Anderson. Oh, yeah. uh, Anaheim made a decision. One of the elements of the Anderson decision to go buy him in Anaheim was they were concerned about his playoff play. Now, I don't know. I think he's developed as a goalie a lot more since he left there. I think he's had a chance to be a star, which he, which he is, but I mean a real star, and that means playoff wins. So that's going to be a real interesting test for him as well. Yeah, it is. And, yeah, he was not very good in that game seven. Neither was Jake Gardner. But, yeah, he makes a couple more yeah. saves. Um, Maple Leafs are moving on to the uh, second round. So that fourth line was a, a topic of discussion the other day uh, about how tiny it was. And I don't know what the deal is today. Freddie Goche is not on it today, but apparently he's not even at the uh, the skate today at practice of Nick Patan's playing in the middle. And I know we're talking about toughness, and it makes sense considering who they're – uh, first round opponent is going to be but I think by and large like there's just no way around even when Goche is on that fourth line he's not a tough guy what do you think of the idea of just understanding what you have in the the best way to deploy that fourth line is with the assets that you have and it's just to be tiny and to try and skate around guys for the eight nine minutes you have well uh, I think I saw today somewhere that Brad Marchand's five foot nine yeah you know, how big is Gallagher you know, five foot nine. I mean, look, it, it's uh, Patan. You know, I know guys that had him in Portland in the uh, Western Hockey League, and they absolutely love this guy. This guy, this guy's a big time talent. He's a heck of a kid. So you know what? Because a guy's five foot eight, five foot nine, I, you know, I don't know. It's how tough you are. Ennis has had a reputation of being a, a hard nosed kid, and plays hard. So does size matter? Well, I don't know. It, it looks like they're going to play the next game the way they were set up today, but who knows? I mean, but I, I didn't, you know, I mean, they didn't have a great game the other night, but they're a pretty talented group. And Ennis has been a real nice player for them. The Tan to me is a skilled guy, but Hey, it, it, it's not how big you are. It's how hard you battle. And lots of small guys play really, really well at playoff time. So uh, I not I don't think size is the biggest issue in today's NHL. It's how far, how, how hard are you going to battle in the fight? And, you know, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of guys, there's a lot, there's a lot more than just the fourth line of the league that have got to prove themselves at playoff time. And uh, that's always one of the most exciting challenges that, you know, we, we have at this time of year. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I guess the pushback on Patan, though, is that, yeah, he doesn't really play like a Gallagher or a Marshan. But no, he does. Uh, yeah, he does. Looking... You know, he, he used him on the second power play the other night umpteen times, yep. mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a close game. So, you know, he brings other things, but he's not afraid, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it is wild for you to, when you said that, though, about Marshan, is that it, I don't think of him, obviously, as a hulking presence, but you saying that he's 5'9, I was like, that can't be right. And yeah, it is a lot of the perception of the way the guy plays. But yeah, no, you Brad, look it up. He, he's, you look it up. I did. He's five foot nine. He didn't he's, believe no, you. He had to verify. It's not on even the internet. that I didn't believe you. It's that it's. He doesn't hard. believe a lot of things I say. No, I know. Show, but I, I mean, know, that's I'm just true. Glad I finally met you. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's true. And all you did was insult me within a, a second of meeting you. I didn't realize you were from the Yukon. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm Whitehorse. Because I actually because I actually looked you up the other day and I, I yeah. saw a little like something there and actually I really kind of enjoyed looking at your background 
So Thank that was you. good. Yeah, no. Oh, well, you're doing yeah. research on J.D. Bunk. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Well, no, I just happened to come across it, and it intrigued me. So I was, uh, I was, I was, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised about your interest in sports and a story about your dad. So I, I got it to compliment you. I really enjoyed it, to be quite honest. So that's good. Thanks, well, Mac. That's yeah. really good. Weird to hear sincerity on these airwaves. It's really weird. It's, it's actually taking yeah. me back a little bit. Yeah, I'm not used to I'm always sincere. I'm yeah. always sincere. No, I'm talking about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, like okay, the, yeah. the overall air of sincerity. Uh, we enjoyed it, though, as we always do talking to you, Doug. Uh, enjoy your long shift and uh, and when you get off at midnight tonight. Enjoy that. Hey, hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate the no with you guys. Again, yeah. always. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Doug. Whenever you want, you know, you ask. Yeah, Doug McLean, the NHL on Sportsnet, who does uh, research on J.D. Bunkus. Maybe he's thinking of getting into private detective work. Yeah. Um, I don't know who... Uh, I don't think there's anything written about me anyway. I was so wondering what I was... Uh, <laughs> man, you really have to dig. It's not like, yeah, yeah that just, just happened across your computer screen. No. It's not on a Twitter timeline. I don't profiled. Think nobody's tweeting about you. It's certainly nobody's writing about you. You don't have a Wikipedia page. Oh, man. That's when you've made it. When you have a Wikipedia page. I think I have one of those red link Wikipedia pages where it's like an incomplete. Is. It's like, it's not a real link. It doesn't count. You know what, though? Congrats. I don't even know Happy if I have that. Buddy. I just think I do. Not mentioned on my high school's Wikipedia page. Oh, that one's, to, to be honest, we got to change that. Your high school. It's, some people have come out of it, though. I mean, James Hinchcliffe and yeah. Jamie Campbell. No one's saying you're those guys. No yeah. one's saying you're those guys, but you can't get on the board? Come on. Yeah, you would think. Here's the other thing. Last year, Freddie Anderson was, he received the fourth most Vesna votes. I just want to get back to what you're saying because, mm -hmm. again, I understand your level of concern and I, I hear what you're saying in terms of make sure that you give Freddie Anderson the best opportunity possible. But again, he'll be playing less games. He, there is not a precedent in terms of goaltenders having a lack of success because of being played this many games. He's not playing even as much as, he's not playing more than people his contemporaries in the league right now, and he's he's basically on pace with just about every other goaltender that went deep in the playoffs last year, or plan or teams plan to go deep this one. He's also having a better season than he was having last year, mm -hmm. which is incredible. No, and we, I guess we should all be able to identify that, considering he hasn't been as up and down as in years past. the The Freddie Anderson seasons from the first two years as a Leaf were basically month to month. Right? Yep. Look at his save percentages this month. Next month, it's going to take a dip. Following month, it's going to go back up. You never know. He's been a little bit more inconsistent. This year, he has a better save percentage than he did last year. And there's, granted, there's some ways to go. He's having his best goals against average of any season he's had as a Leaf. His quality start percentage has been by far the highest as a Toronto Maple Leaf. He's been really, really good across the board. And that's the thing for me is that don't focus so much on the workload. You don't want him grinding out all in, into dust over the last little stretch here. No, I don't want him playing in every single back-to-back -back game. There are going to be some nights where he does need to take a rest and Sparks needs to play up. But as long as you're getting the best version of Freddie Anderson that you've ever had as a Maple Leaf, don't screw with it. Don't get too concerned with the 56 thing. Be concerned with the numbers you have actually in front of you. And that's that Freddie Anderson's putting together a terrific season. He is. Actually leads the National Hockey League in five-on-five -five save percentage. Yep. So that's, uh, that's pretty damn good. Uh, I love talking to Oakville uh, people, so we'll talk to one next. Sam Gagne, former member of the uh, Toronto Marlies, currently back with the Edmonton Oilers, joins us next. It's Good Show's Leafs Hour, presented by Drive Auto Group, fueled by customer expectations, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. When we designed the GMC Sierra, we took inspiration from the Northern Lights. Was it because of the otherworldly sense of awe they impart upon us? 
Their breathtaking majesty as shining beacons of the tundra. Their energetic dance across the moonlit sky. No. It's because the northern lights are bright, and the LED headlights on the GMC Sierra are bright too. Drive Canada like a pro. GMC, we are professional grade. Visit gmccanada.ca for more. Back to Good Show with Edison Bunkus on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. It's Friday, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Good Show's Leafs Hour, presented by Drive Auto Group, fueled by customer expectations, Ben Ennis and uh, J.D. Bunk. It's always exciting to have uh, somebody on the radio program on a Friday during this segment that's never been on before and probably never heard of this radio station. Or, sorry, this radio program. They've definitely heard of this radio station. It's an institution in the city, especially for a GTA kid like Sam Gagne. He's definitely heard of the Fan 590, and he was here with the uh, the Marley, so maybe he was an avid listener. But yeah, we play this song every uh, every Friday around this time. You know, uh, I don't... We really can't relate to athletes. Yeah. And that's sometimes like, we try to relate to them. Right? Think, hey, what's it like? The hours they put in the gym, hours they put on the ice, training, the diet, the sacrifices. But the one thing they can't relate to us I guess they could have when they were younger, but that they lose focus on is what it's like to have a true Friday. Right. He has to work tomorrow. It's just, there's no Friday. Uh, no Sam, happy hour. <laughs> Sam Gagne, uh, currently uh, reunited with the Edmonton Oilers, uh, Oakville boy like myself, uh, joins us online right now. Hey, Sam, thanks for doing this. Yeah, on Friday is just yeah. another day to you. Do you remember Fridays? What they were like? Yeah, no, I uh, I haven't had a true Friday. In, um, in the summer, you get true Fridays. but that's Kind of, but not really. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah. like, what? Yeah, you're, yeah, okay. I They're guess. Like, hey, you don't you have to work out all week- weekend, you, Sam. Yeah, you normally get the weekends off, so yeah. yeah all right, that's so kind of you. So now you're going to say you also have what we have in Fridays. Like, you have it all, Sam. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one yeah, thing we yeah. had on you. Yeah, like we just tried yeah. to have one little thing, and you had to just go yeah. and be like, nah, I have it too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, it's been a very crazy year for you, Canucks, and then uh, to the AHL, and then back to your home province, and uh, loan to the Marlies, and then back up at the old club in the Edmonton Oilers. What's what's it been like, the whirlwind for you? Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, a lot's gone on this year, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, i just um, trying to take everything in stride and uh, take it day by day, and, uh, you know, I think... Um, you know, obviously in a good spot now, being back at Edmonton, which I'm really excited about. But, um, you know, really no complaints about uh, anything that happened this year. I think going to Toronto was really good for me. And um, <clears throat> they treated me really well there. And, you know, getting a chance to be at home, um, you know, around my parents and friends, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's positives to everything. So, um, you know, I enjoyed my time there. But uh, obviously really excited to be back at Edmonton. Yeah, and not only back in the NHL, you're playing with Leon Dreisaitl and, and you played with Connor McDavid. And I, I wonder what that adjustment has been like. Has that been a, a bit of a challenge? Like, I know you've been having success, but what's been the challenging element of going from playing on the a, in the AHL to all of a sudden you're with a couple of the best players in the world? Um, I, I don't really see it as a challenge. Um, I think it's a you know pretty good opportunity. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think uh, – 
the the speed of the game is a little different. Um, you know, I think uh, positionally, guys are kind of in different spots um, uh, at different levels. But um, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's still hockey, and you just got to come and play and try and contribute the best you can. And you know, I think when you're playing with really good players, um, you just try and feed off of them and, and make sure you're uh, you're making plays, you're getting open, and um, you know, I feel comfortable there. And uh, you know, I think playing with Leona been able to develop some chemistry with him and he's obviously a really really great player and he's playing really good hockey for us so it's been a lot of fun for me uh so as mentioned off the top you're an oakville boy like myself and of course a childhood friend of of john Tavares. and uh i can only imagine what it was like as a as someone who actually has skin in the game like knows john on a personal level to to witness what the reaction was like in his return to long island what what was that like to see him Boots so vociferously, and the and the fans, all the all the stuff they had ready for him when he returned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I felt for him. Uh, I think, um, you know, just from being around him for as long as I have, um, knowing what kind of person he is, and 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 just knowing how much um, you know, being an islander, being an islander, meant to him for so long. Um, you know, I, I'm sure it was an emotional game for him, and then to come back and have it be like that. Um, you know, you feel for him, but I, I think he's handled everything really well. Uh, he's one of those guys who just goes about his business and keeps trying to improve and, and um, keeps trying to be a leader. And, um, you know, you see in situations like that, um, he handles adversity really well. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, it just is going to make him stronger. And, you know, when it comes to playoff time for the Leafs, um, you know, I, I think just handling that adversity throughout the year, uh, it, it just helps you as a player. So, he handled it really well, and you know, obviously the game didn't go the way they wanted it to. But um, you know, I think uh, you just move on from it. I, I, I know he's very happy to to be a Leaf now, and uh, you know he's contributing contributing to a lot of their success. So um, you know, I, I know that there's no regrets on on his end, and and uh, you know he's he's happy to be where he's at. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine their regrets, especially after a night like that. Like, oh, yeah, no, didn't, mm-hmm. didn't re-up here. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's great. Uh, everyone really, truly loved me here. Uh, and I think that's mm-hmm. a tough part of sports in general is that, you know, the, the emotional connection that you can have to places can be fleeting and people and fan bases can, can turn on a player. But I think that mm-hmm. everyone did look at that, especially, obviously, everyone can draw the line at throwing things on the ice. Like, that went way too far. Mm-hmm. But it was, mm-hmm. it was a little... I, 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 seeing as many people come out of the hockey community and basically have a consensus that that did cross a certain line was interesting to me. And yeah. And, and so you are being someone that's close to him. Did, did you feel the same way? Like, did you feel that it, it did cross a line? Well, I mean, I, I think you understand the passion of uh, the Islanders fan base. I mean, they're, they're a proud franchise. And, um, and uh, they, you know, they stand by their players while they're there and, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're really passionate about it. So I think you understand that, you know, maybe, uh, uh, they just felt, I guess, hurt by the fact that John left, but, you know, I think, um, the one thing that gets lost in all of it is, um, you know, I think, uh, the consensus from the fan base there is that he had his mind made up all along that he was going to the Leafs and kind of led them along, which really couldn't be any farther from the truth. Um, just knowing him and talking to him as he went through the process, I know that it was a really tough decision on him because, you know, he felt, um, uh, you know, he was proud to be an Islander and he put a lot into that organization for a lot of years. And, 
you know, he felt like he was kind of part of the fabric of the culture there. And, um, he was the leader and all that kind of stuff. And, um, he really did want to make it work. And then at the end of the day, um, he, he had the chance to, to go see what was out there in free agency and, and hear Toronto's pitch. And I know, uh, he was kind of blown away by their pitch and the opportunity he had to, to go home and, and have a chance to win Stanley Cups. And um, it was a hard opportunity for him to pass up. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's the tough part is, um, you know, people are, are uh, questioning his motives um, when, you know, the people around him, the people that know him, know that his motives were, were in the right place. And, um, and, you know, it was a really tough decision for him. So, you know, I think um, you know you're you're happy for him that he's having success there, and uh, um, that he's you know you're happy being at home and all those kind of things. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, that's the most important thing. What I find so bizarre about the Islanders fan reaction is that even if you are someone who believes this was all some calculated plot, that he was out to get away from the franchise all along, and that he had always planned on being in Toronto. Think about how nice a guy he would have to be and how considerate he would be of your feelings as a fan of the Islanders to take all those meetings, yeah. to spend all this time, to go through all of the processes that he went through when he, by eventually becoming a Maple Leaf, all for what? To yeah. make Islanders fans believe that they were more in the mix or that other teams were in the mix? Like yeah, meeting with the San Jose Sharks and going yeah. to Los Angeles and all of these things, all done in a way to hide this from people. If that even was the case, if you were an Islanders fan, you'd be like, wow, this guy really cared about how he'd feel about us. We should really be nice because he's this invested. It's, yeah, it's, it's wild to me that that became a conspiracy. But, it, yeah, you're right. He, I'm sure he's happy with his decision now. I think still an objective observer would say that the Leafs still have a more talented team, especially moving forward, than the Islanders do. And, yeah, there's, there's a lot of other stuff that comes as a benefit. We, we kind of talked about the reception back in Toronto that night, and we will move on to other stuff, but it, it, we are curious to get your perspective on this. How do you think he felt about that reception that first night back in Toronto? Because I think a lot of people did perceive it either as an incredible gesture or as something that was a little bit cheesy. Do you think that actually meant something extra him, to him? Well, I think it, it made him really proud to be a Maple Leaf. Um, you know, I think... Uh, the, the the fan base in Toronto is very passionate as well. I mean, I know firsthand from growing up there um, and all my friends being Maple Leaf fans, and it's kind of just what you do. I mean, uh, you're uh, a lot of kids are born into Maple Leaf families and cheer for the Maple Leafs their whole life. And, um, you know, I think it just it meant a lot to John that night to, to have that. I mean... Um, like I said, I mean, I, I know when I got traded from Edmonton, coming back here the first time, obviously the reception was very different. But, um, you know, it, it's tough to leave a place uh, like Edmonton or like Toronto where, you know, the fan base is so passionate about it and then and then uh, and move on to another franchise because you give so much. Um, but, um, you know, I think when, uh, you know, Toronto does something like that, it's a nice gesture and I think just makes Johnny uh, – that much more comfortable and, and happy with this decision. Yeah, I, things have gone well, save for that one day. So we mm-hmm. had John on over the All-Star break, and we asked him, because Sportsnet ran this feature about his upbringing in Oakville and being your friend and you guys playing in the backyard rink and how your neighbors used to you know, fl- uh, flicker the lights on and off at, at night to get you guys to shut up mm-hmm. and, and leave the ice. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was confirmed that that was Ivanka Osmak's family, who is, of course, an anchor <laughs> here at Sportsnet. Can you confirm that? Do you have any stories about the Osmaks? 
I, I, I don't know, actually. Um, our neighbors are all always, uh, I, I, I don't know why, but they're always really nice about it. Um, we, I, the only guy, the only person that actually showed they were mad when we'd be missing the net and the boards and, and the hitting the boards and all that kind of stuff was my dad. He would come out and ring the bell and toss it at the net, all that kind of stuff. But um, the, the, the neighbors were always really good about it, um, and we never really heard from them, so. Um, you know, that was pretty nice. Yeah, it's passive-aggressive, though, to, like, flick the lights on and off. I think. Yeah, but, yeah. That's pretty nice. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. It's passive-aggressive. Yeah. You're going to put a negative spin on flicking on and off the I lights? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. maybe direct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure you would have been a lot better of a neighbor just yeah, yelling at the not. kids playing hockey. Yeah. yeah. No, it's better. Now they know it for sure. <laughs> don't have to question it, not passive-aggressive. Full-on aggressive. Yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, we've done a lot on, on John, uh, naturally. I mean, this is a Leaf show. Uh, but yeah, how, how much are you in contact with him throughout the season? I imagine when you were here, you guys met up quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, our schedules were kind of um, not too compatible. I think um, a lot of times when the Marlies are on the road, the Leafs are at home, and vice versa. Um, but um, yeah, we, we you know we try and talk uh, throughout the season, and um, and then you know we saw, saw him a couple of times. He came to one of our games uh, down there, which was nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, try and stay in touch throughout the year, um, as we have throughout our careers and just kind of talk about hockey and how the season's going, all that kind of stuff and be supportive to each other. So, um, obviously tomorrow, uh, can't be too supportive. Um, you know, we need some wins. So, uh, tomorrow's another big one for us, but, um, obviously pretty excited about that. And, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, we, we talk, uh, every, every so often throughout the year. Yeah. Well, yeah, you guys have won three straight out in Edmonton. And what's wild about that Western Conference playoff picture is just that no one's out of it. Except for ah, the mm. Kings. The Kings are out of it. Mm. <laughs> we can count them out. Uh, hey, man, uh, congrats on everything. It's it's glad to see you back in the NHL. And uh, thanks for making time for us today. Yeah, no problem. Cheers. Uh, there's Sam Gagne, uh, Edmonton Oilers forward, and uh, a former Oakville resident. Hey, you know what? Time to give away Leaf. Scores! Want to go see the Leafs? It's time for Sportsnet 590, the fans' Leafs ticket takeover. That's right. First caller through, 416-870-0590, star 590 on the cell. He is going to get a pair of tickets to see the Leafs and Philadelphia Flyers Friday, March 15th. That was the cue to call. Second set of uh, Leaf tickets we gave away tonight. Are we doing this contest moving forward, Lance or okay. Dave? Thumbs Why? up. Do so you want to protect your ears? I have got to. I leave my you. I here's the thing. I know you're so deaf. What? It's wild because you used to leave the studio when we first started working together and leave your headphones on the desk. Yeah. And they would be so unbelievably loud. Yep. I couldn't believe that you were able to get through a show. Yeah. You used to play the drums, correct? correct. Yep, and you right. this is what you blame for the ear damage or also part of your career here? Yeah, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I also, so no, but I, I probably don't hear very well, like comparatively, but I also do like just, I feel more engaged in the show if it's a little louder in okay. my ears. I, I'm, I agree with that second part, yeah. and that's why I think I leave mine a little too loud because mm -hmm. I'd rather a little too loud than too quiet. And also, you you turn up the volume as the show goes on. Sometimes when you don't adjust back down, if someone's a little quiet, yeah. But that contest Blue has gotten me every single time, and I, I just, I'm sorry. 
I don't even want to give Leafs tickets away to any any of you anymore if we have to do that contest. My ears cannot handle any more Leafs ticket giveaways. Well, I'm sorry, loyal listener, that, you know. Yeah, you know you, what? You, you can blame you, it on me. You, you That's fine. listen yeah, every day and you like just this little carrot. You know, every once in a while yeah. we give away leaf no. tickets. We can't do no. it anymore no. because J.D. Bunkers' his little, little ears. Yeah. Here's little a, ears are little, they're here's hurting. A, here's a little known thing about me. I, I'm the one who decides the ticket thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. They say, you know what? Should we give leaf tickets this week? I'm like, nah, nah, nah. You know, it, it's so true. You should probably tweet at him. Yeah. Actually, we're going to give away his personal phone number right yeah. now, and you should call <laughs> and text J.D. Bunkers you know what, actually, for leaf tickets. is kind of embarrassing is... When I have family members or friends who come through of town, course, and yeah, like, hey, exactly can, you, can you get me Leafs tickets? Like, uh, not even close. How about Raptors tickets? <laughs> there is not neither none. No tickets. You know, you know what you're good for? Blue Jays from yeah. now on. <laughs> you know who else is? Anybody you know? You're gonna go outside Rogers Center next season, and scalpers are gonna be like, free tickets. Uh, uh, <laughs> these falling free off trees. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be a walk in. Well, that remember ghost that? Town. Yeah, the pizza promotion with the Grey Cup tickets is like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You won't be able to buy food you, in this city without it coming with some I remember, Blue Jays tickets. I remember there was one promotion for the Argos where it was you bought a donut and you got an <laughs> Argos ticket. <laughs> you bought an Argos donut. We the, used to make the paper fun of, printed yeah. the, that the ticket is printed on probably yeah, worth almost yeah. as much as the donut. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> I was like, yeah, go. You can go to the Argos. Yeah, all right. That was good to talk to Sam Gagne. More yeah, Oakville great. guests on the radio program, okay? Yeah. Like me some Oakville. Okay. All right? You're fine with that? Sure. Fine, as long as we, we'll have Dylan Cousins on one day. We will. That's going to happen. That's going to go down. And then we'll get all the Oakville people on. All right. Prime time is uh, next. Roundtable. This has been Good Show's Leafs Hour, presented by Drive Auto Group, fueled by customer expectations. We will see you on Monday. Bye-bye.